Hey everyone. So I know it's been a little bit since we have dropped a podcast episode. Um, we were actually going to release this episode next Tuesday, but, um, you know, to be transparent, we are part of, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and it was Blackout Tuesday and we wanted to be a part of the podcast Blackout as well. So we skipped a week and we are going to be releasing this episode hopefully while we are on vacation next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after a long, troubling time here in California, we have finally found a place to go camping. Yay! <laughs> so we are getting the heck out of Dodge. And, um, yeah, we're going to go camping and go relax. So this episode will be airing and hopefully I have a very large cocktail in my hand and, (laughs) um, sitting on our pontoon boat for the weekend and just hanging out. We'll make sure to, you know, put a lot of photos on the Facebook and the Insta to, you know, make sure you know we're on vacation. Be a little jealous of us sitting out on the lake in the sun and just relaxing. Yeah, so I know it's been a minute since we've um, talked to you all last. We talked to you about COVID um, in the last episode. So just as a check-in, a quarantine check-in, how has quarantine been for you? And how's COVID been, Hull? And give everybody the what's up. (laughs) So not a lot besides working and renovating my house. So just the norm. Just the norm. I think you have a few goals in mind right now. A few goals in mind, meaning meaning that um, I'm gonna a house, get it up for sale, build a house <laughs> on top of doing what I do in my day life. Yeah, while well, you run three businesses and <laughs> have a family. Yeah, exactly. I'm going on vacation. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god, we need this vacation. I need this vacation. Has anybody else out there feel like life right now has just been like a rinse and repeat kind of cycle and it's like day in, day out, groundhog's day to the extreme. Very much so. You feel kind of claustrophobic because you can't get out. Well, at least we do because we are always out doing something. You know, it's funny. It's like the rest of the world right now is like, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't live in California. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> They're like, I don't understand why you guys are still quarantining and still having shelter in place orders and not being able to live your best life. Ask our governor. Right. Or get a manicure. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that girl right now that I have not been able to get <laughs> my nails done in like three. What is it now? Almost three months. I know it's the struggle is real or a haircut. We've got some, you know, craziness going on. Kelsey. Too. Okay, right. Shout Kelsey. out to Kelsey. <laughs> uh, need our hair did. So, First in line. Yeah, right. <laughs> she put me a month out, so <laughs> it's going to be a minute. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, now that we've kind of checked in and, you know, we hope everybody out there is staying safe, you know. We want to also bring, um, you know, mental health awareness as well. We'll have some resources on our page. We know that this time is going to be hard for everybody. And we just want to make sure you guys are all being safe. And, you know, we love you. And we are sorry that this episode is a little bit late. But I hope you guys all understand um, why that is. So in our last time, we said that we were going to have a surprise episode for you all. All right. So um, we have noticed that you guys really like our interview episodes. However, because of COVID and social distancing, we haven't been able to bring anybody on our show and we're super bummed about it. But we hope that, you know, after all of this, we can have some awesome new guests. We talked about Kelsey. She'll be coming on the show. 
And we'll be talking with some other surprise guests as well and interviewing them about their business experiences. But until then, we thought that we would have a little bit of a different episode. So Holly, do you kind of want to tell them what our uh, surprise episode is all about? Yeah. So we decided that we are going to review a book. It's a business book a woman in business. Her name is Sophia Amoruso and she owned a nasty gal. <laughs> I like that your sites I've owned. Well, she's on it now, but she did own nasty gal and she wrote a book about it called hashtag girl boss. And we just want to give you guys kind of a synopsis of the book and our likes, our dislikes, some interesting topics that happen in the book and just kind of give you guys a feel on yeah, we thought about. if you guys are thinking about reading it or you guys are thinking about, you know, what advice um, Sophia Amoruso has to give and uh, that was something that you guys were interested in hearing about. So we figured, hey, we'll read it and we'll tell our listeners exactly what we thought of the book. Um, it was just kind of something a little bit different for us. And, you know, our whole business is that we want to give business advice to all of our, you know, people out there who are trying to look to start a small business. So we figured that this would be the great a great platform to talk about somebody who's given advice and would we give that same advice? Great. Turns out it's not not so much not not so much the same advice, but um, yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some there's some. I think a disclaimer to say before we start um, this episode is that. Holly and I have some very strong opinions. I don't want to speak for you, but I mean, I I hope you agree with that. And that we are never about tearing women down in business. We know that it is a doggy dog world out there. And we support any woman who is out there who wants to, you know, make her entrepreneurial dreams come true. And Sophia Amoruso did that. I never want anybody to believe that we think otherwise. However, my caveat to that is that just because you had a successful business doesn't mean that you're great at writing a book or great at writing a book about business advice. And so that is really where this critique comes from. So hashtag girl boss movement, all about it. Sophia Amoruso, keep doing you, keep doing your thing. We love it. You know, we're all about women empowerment. So you keep doing you. However, we are going to critique your book and we're not going to be so friendly about it. Yeah, we're just going to give you our honest opinions at the end of the day. You guys got to love my end of the days. Um, <laughs> I'm like, if you have just... a cocktail, start drinking it now. So <laughs> you can have one for at the end of the day. <laughs> and every time I say at the end of the day, you should drink. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are some things that came off strong in her book. And maybe we would have done it differently. Or maybe we live a different life than she does. And so, oh, there's the give and take in relationships. Some things we like, some things we don't like. And today we're reviewing that book. So you're going to get that side of us. Okay, Holly. So why don't you guys, why don't you give our listeners a quick synopsis of what hashtag girl boss is all about? Okay, so Sophia Amoruso tells her story about how she was a high school dropout who started a fashion empire on eBay. And from there, she built it into a multi-million dollar fashion empire. And she talks about her struggles, um, her investors that she worked with, and basically how she made the business what it is to... Well, it's not today, but <laughs> basically until she sold it and how she got through that in her life. 
Yeah. So it's part memoir, part business advice, part, hey, if you want to work in fashion, there's a lot of ins and outs of this book. I think that there's, um, she goes from telling her life story to, you know, telling, you know, details about running her business to, hey, if you're looking to work for somebody like her, what she's looking for in that person. And so it kind of goes all over the place in that and like who the audience is, but we'll put a pin in that and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, So I think a really good place to actually start is to really dive into what we really liked about this book. And so we have a few thoughts on what we liked and what Sophia Amoruso said. So I guess it's kind of good to say that the book starts out and she gives a complete chronological order of how she went from that high school dropout to the CEO. Um, She doesn't actually include the hashtag girl boss movement. And so we'll talk about that also at the end. But um, it starts out that way. And then it kind of dives right into those pieces and how she got the business going. And she got the business going initially by doing uh, an eBay store. And so she did an eBay store. She yes. dressed up Do the you model like clothes. Yes. Them <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, going through bargain bins, actually stealing some of her first clothing items, and then putting them on eBay and was selling them on eBay. And then that evolved into a website, which then evolved into brick and mortar stores, which eventually ended up with online. her, yeah, online and then selling, um, selling her company at the end. So. So that's kind of gives you high level also of just kind of the chronological order of the book and what happened in those pieces. So Holly, what did we like? So let's take a step back. I Basically, I feel the book was very basic in the sense of you're looking for a self-help, um, you're an entrepreneur looking for advice, or you're a business owner. I think there weren't that great of groundbreaking topics I think yeah there was nothing new to the information no and so if you are someone who's looking for some inspiration to change your business up I don't think that you necessarily get that from this book is that if you are brand new to the business world and are looking to get your business off of the ground I think that there's some good takeaways from it but from my experience where I'm at in life it's not groundbreaking material No, I I think that this kind of advice or, you know, information that she provides in this book, I think you can pretty much make your own conclusions to that. I mean, it's the same advice that you get when you start high school or start college or, you know, start at your first job. It's kind of pretty basic information. And I think that, you know... I have to say a disclaimer here, too, is that we listened to the book. We are very busy. I don't have the time to necessarily sit and read every word. Um, but I listened and I have, like, pages and pages of notes from just listening to the book. And it could have come off that, you know, the narrator of the book was not, you know, super good. <laughs> um, she sounded very catty. She sounded very nasally, very pretentious. And so, you know, I think that it – overall just you know wasn't very well written and I think we know why and we understand why this book came out the way that it did and you know like I said it's not about her being a woman in business she made a small small business into this huge company and that deserves mad props and you know snaps for Sophia but at the end of the day do I think that this book would change somebody's life in a posit- in in any type of way when it comes to creating your own business no 
Um, and so, yeah. I think that part of the book comes off, like you were saying, pretentious and or that Sophia Amoruso was self-absorbed. She comes off kind of as a mean girl and she lacks humility. And so some of that um, deterred me from wanting to read the book. And so it was actually a struggle for me to get through the last several chapters because of how it was written. And I'm assuming and hoping that maybe she's not that person, but um, that's how I took it. So I lost interest in the book probably halfway through. Yeah, because it's not us. You know, okay. we are not the Porsche driving, Prada shoe wearing, you know, fashionistas of this world. Like, you know, for right now in yoga pants and you know, our t-shirts and, you know, my tennis shoes. (laughs) Right. And so that's more us. And so I think that that definitely, if you're somebody who's really interested in the fashion industry and that those types of things are important for you, maybe you have a different approach, a different take on this book than what we did. But since we're not those people, I think it just kind of came off very hoity toity and kind of snooty. Great. And I, I didn't like that part of it. So, um, you know, I, I just, I thought that there could have been other ways, you know, she quotes in her book that you must have confidence and you must be humble. Um, definitely was right about the first, but the latter I felt was completely lacking in this book. I did not see humility or any type of that at all in this book. Agree. There's a point where she talks about, oh, um, you walk into the room wearing a certain outfit and how she's going to tear you down. And it's like, like who does that? Who, who would literally tear someone down about the outfit they're wearing? Then they walk into a room. I, I, I is that like, I can't she says <laughs> that she is humble, but that is a mean girl status and lacks humility. I agreed. And I get that she comes from a voice like to play devil's advocate. I guess she has the voice and she comes from a place of, I constantly am dressing people and I want to dress the world in my vintage clothing. And I understand that, but that doesn't mean that every that's person. Real life, that's it's not. Yeah, exactly. When that, you're sitting in a room, are you judging people just by the clothes that they're wearing or the fits that they're doing? Maybe you do that, but you don't literally come off to people I don't that think, way. I yeah, I'm like, I don't think you should say that to the entire world. Yeah. I don't think that that's a, a, a positive thing to put out there for people. Um, women, let's we're we're not here to tear women down. We're here to um, uplift and have more women in the industry. You know, start small businesses and grow them to empires like she did. And so, there, I'm hoping that people can get away from that perception of her in the book and see that there are some good takeaways if you are someone looking to. Basically, you're just learning the business world. I think that she has some good takeaways. So I think, you know, she does, she does have some good takeaways. And I think some of the takeaways that we really like, so getting down to the nitty gritty of it, getting down to the business part of it, uh, a piece of advice that she gives as well as a piece of, you know, information is that she, we liked the fact that she started her business and she did that not in debt. She didn't get loans. She didn't go and seek investors right off the bat. She basically built her business and every penny she made from the business, she would give herself a little bit and then she would invest that right back into her business. And I think that's a great advice. If you're going to build your business in the beginning, use your own money slash just bank the money that you are making. Exactly. So that you can do things like expansion or purchasing accounting software or up your marketing budget or whatever (laughs) you need. Just keep reinvesting in yourself so that you don't have to cause debt. Because I think that's 
where a lot of people go wrong. Exactly. Because they have these pipe dreams of my company is going to make millions, right? And they're going to make millions in the first year. But then they completely underestimate their expenses. And then they don't reinvest back into the business. And then they end up in this giant hole. And then unfortunately, in that two-year mark, they end up filing for bankruptcy because their company didn't make any money. So, you know, Sophia giving that advice, try to make your business, try to do it without getting into debt first. Try to reinvest it or try to do it with as little startup costs or try to invest in yourself and make sure that or you get a partner, right? Agreed. Another thing that we really thought was great is rolling up your sleeves and not being afraid to work. She was actually doing all of the work. As an owner, you have to grind and do all of this work. If one day you're wearing an HR hat and then you're the operations manager and then you're the purchaser and then you're doing accounting, you are on the ground doing all of the work. You will also save money in this situation if you can start your business and wear all these different hats. And mm-hmm. that will help you with the no debt, right? It will. It absolutely will. Because the the least amount of time that you can spend before you have to like have an employee, the better off you are. And I'm a huge believer in rolling up your sleeves and doing the work because it's never about your title. It's never about the position you hold within a company that makes you valuable. It's those moments when the company needs you that makes you valuable. I have been here where, you know, I have the corner office and guess what? Shipping's not in there today. Guess what? I am down in that warehouse. I am making sure that those packages get out this door because at the end of the day or at the beginning, um, I know that the company's success is what's going to keep me employed as well as, you know, keep the company going. So who am I to say that, you know, shipping is is less than if of my position. That's the most ridiculous thing. So agreed. And it's also, if you don't learn all the different positions of the company, then later on, it could be a downfall for you. So uh, by rolling up your sleeves in the beginning and learning all the levels of your business will just help you better run your business later. Absolutely. And help you if you are somebody who doesn't want to run your business and actually want to work for a good business. It's a good note for you as well to make sure that If you're in a company right now and you want to learn more and you want to own your own business at some point, get completely immersed in that business. Be available to any department at any time. And the more you know, the more successful you're going to be. The more value you have too. As well as, yeah, as more value you have in the company. Um, I think another big point that she points out is that the whole philosophy of tweak and grow and tweak and grow. I think that that's something we both, have talked about in previous podcasts that, you know, you have to keep evolving and changing your business and changing things that don't work. You know, we noticed that in our podcast, right, that some of you didn't like our COVID episodes. As much as we love the information and we want to give that to you, it's not what our listeners are listening to. They're listening to our interviews and hearing what other people have to say. So we are um, transitioning into reviewing books and seeing if that works for you guys. So we are doing our own tweak and grow in the moment. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that, you know, another part of that or a subset of that is, you know, risks is where breakthroughs happen, right? And that's a big point for me. You know, if you don't take the risks, then you're never going to learn and you're never going to be able to grow either. Great. If you don't take risks, you only learn from risk. If they're bad or they're good, you just learn, right? And so it could be anything that happens in your business that you take a risk for and it could go really poorly or it could be a success. And if you didn't take it, you wouldn't have the experience five years down the road that you took that risk. 
Yeah, like Thomas Edison says, and they when they interviewed him about the light bulb and they said, hey, how many times did you fail? You failed like 700 times. And he's like, no, I didn't. I just found 700 ways how not, not to make to a light bulb. And that's what business is. You're going to find 700 ways of how not to do something before you find the exact way of how to do something. Right. And, you know, we learn that in our day-to-day. So I think that's a big thing of advice. You may have a plan in place, but don't be afraid to deviate from that plan. If you see something's not working, make a change. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's sitting there thinking, oh, you failed at this. They're thinking, hey, you have the ability to evolve and change and you're able to help your business in a bigger way by doing that. And if you don't pivot like that in the moment while your business has something going wrong or something going good, you your business is just going to flop is you have to constantly be pivoting or tweaking aspects of your business to continue the growth of the business. So nothing the same is nothing is the same year over year. There might be some patterns, but there's always something different that you can improve or you can grow upon in your business. Yeah, I mean, we've been a part of a business that's been around for what, almost 30 years, and things are constantly changing and evolving. And the company, they're never the same. And the company is successful because of our ability to help that company change and pivot and evolve and change their path. Agreed. But we want growth. We're not a company who wants to, you know, stay at a certain level and just exist. We're always looking for new opportunities to grow the business. So, exactly. So I think um, we kind of covered, you know, the tweak and grow as well as the no debt and rolling up those sleeves and doing the work. I think this is something, the next topic is a business plan. You and I kind of differ in opinion when it comes to this, but um, a business plan. So a business plan by definition is basically if it has more use if you're looking for initial investment and you have to create an actual business plan so you can speak to potential banks or investors and that they want to give you money so that you can start your business. I agree that that's the main point of a business plan. I also agree that says that having a business plan and having it written out on paper when you start your business idea can make sure that you are hitting those milestones and those goal marks that you initially set forward. Agree, but I disagree to the fact that a lot of people get stuck on, I have to have the perfect business plan and that I can't start my business unless I have this. I disagree wholeheartedly with that. And um, in uh, Anna Russo's um, book, she doesn't do a business plan. It's, hey, I just want to try selling something online. Oh my gosh, that's sold for way more than I thought it was going to sell. I can do this, right? And then just taking that idea and building it. There are businesses that start out that way. And then there's other businesses that start out with a business plan and they make millions of dollars too. I'm just saying, don't always get caught up in a business plan. Maybe have an outline of where you want to go, but don't get caught up in it because also things change. And being, like we said, pivoting and tweaking and growing is part of the process. So, yeah, but I just think it's a good idea to when you're thinking of a business and let's just say like Holly and I, our greatest thinking comes in those like wee hours of the night when we can't sleep and then our brains won't shut off and you're just sitting there and you're just running through all of these opportunities and all of these, you know, weaknesses and threats and possibilities and you're just running them through your brain and it's like, 
I want, I'm the kind of person that's like, I want to put that down. I want to put it on paper and I want to make sure that if these ideas have backing when I, you know, talk to my partner or analyze a new business venture that I'm looking at, that it's something that's viable and I don't want to lose that. And so sometimes a business plan can always be an evolving piece of paper. Um, and I think people get caught up in so traditional too, as what everybody thinks the business plan is. It could yeah. just be a bunch of ideas and overall direction that you think you're going in. Yeah. But I think that goes back to the structure of a business plan that most people think what you're saying is what you're going to the bank for, mm-hmm. right? You have to create a whole entire plan, mock P&L, uh, margins, anything that the bank would need to know. But I think that on the most basic level, you can have ideas and that it's just a book that you're looking back on and saying, yeah, we did that. That didn't work. Hey, let's try this. This was a great idea, right? Yeah, I just don't want to lose that. I know when we started our business, we've had we have gone down these rabbit holes of what we want this business to be and what we can do in different avenues, the podcast, writing ebooks, doing all these different things. And so we haven't actually officially written down all of those ideas. And I think that sometimes we should because they're great ideas and I don't want to lose them getting caught up in something else. Great. Right. And so I think, yeah, I think I agree with the fact that says you don't need to get caught up in the formality of a business plan, but kind of just put a rough outline together of yourself, of your ideas, you know, you know, mind maps or bubble maps or, you know, dream boards or whatever, you know, th- that is a medium that fits your, you know, lifestyle that would make it, you know, make you feel ambitious about your about your potential business, right? Agree. Is that my standpoint on it is I 100% agree with you on that, but just don't let the business plan stop you from moving forward. I have so many people get stopped at the business plan because they think it's not good enough. Yeah, but that's also why we started our business too, right? Is that we can write that business plan for you so you can focus on the more fun and exciting parts of it. Because we understand that not everybody has the immediate capital to put into a business to get it off the ground and get it going and that they need money to get their, you know, stuff started up. We agree with that says that no debt, but we understand that that's not an option for everybody. And if you have a great idea and all you need is the initial capital to do so, then we're here to help you do that. And I think that, you know, she lives in a world in the book that basically says that, oh, I started it in no debt. Okay, well, she started it in no debt because she was stealing clothes. clothes. Them online. It, exactly. And at some point, she felt so bad about it that she stopped doing it and she started purchasing her clothes. But there was a transition and a growth period for and her. And so we don't advise people to do that. Don't yeah. don't start your business on stealing and don't, don't start it in debt. Those are two things I feel like are just don't do it, right? Just... Try to do it on the up and up. Don't try to start your stuff on a lie because that's usually – usually doesn't end so well. Little <laughs> little foreshadowing. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, so I think some of the best advice that the book offers is embracing the things that make you different in your business unique. And we actually in the last week have – had a lot of that come out for us, right? And being more vocal of who you are and what you believe in and not hiding that from the world because that makes you different. Is There's probably, okay, I'm going to say 90% of the time businesses are going to come and say, I want to start a business and it's already exists in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so how are you going to make it different? You are what's going to make it different. And so by making sure people understand who you are through your business, I think is a huge um, direction that you need to go in. Oh, my God. You were very, like, prophetic there. I liked it. (laughs) 
you were very like inspirational in that moment. And I just have to give you a little mini applause Thank for it because that was very nice. But yes, she's a hundred percent right. I have to agree with Sophia on this as well. Is that you know you are what's different, you are what's unique and beautiful in this world, and you know you've got to let that bright light shine. And you're going to be that difference in the world or you're going to be that difference in that business and embrace that. I think that's a big thing for Holly and I that we've struggled with recently. And I think we're going to actually do an episode on it of how we, you know, struggle Struggle to be us in our own business. Exactly. Because we don't want to alienate anybody. But at the same time, it's like if we're going to alienate people from being us, then what's the point? Yeah, agreed. Let's be us and I am not a person. I've, I've been telling Brie, I feel like I'm in the closet for the last like couple of weeks because we're not telling everyone who we are. Exactly. So you guys got to tune in for our out of the closet episode because we're going to strip it bare. Did I get too vocal? Did no. I get too vulgar? <laughs> strip our souls bare, I should say. Strip our sh- we're souls. We're going to let you into our real world. Okay. We've talked a lot about what we've liked about the book. Can, is there any way we can dive into what we didn't like about this book? Yes, let's go. All right. So. Okay. So we already <laughs> told you how the book is read. So the narrator, she comes off pretentious and kind of self-absorbed um, and lacks humility and she just mean comes, girl. Yeah, she just comes but, off like a mean girl, like, you can't sit with us kind of attitude in this book. And I could not stand it. I really hope oh. Sophia is not that way in person. You know. I don't know her like a beach Instagram and stuff. I don't know, like her in like the Cayman Islands and you know all that kind of to stuff. Each his own. Whatever you built a business <laughs> and you got some money and that you're living a life, but there's also humil- humility and bringing yourself down to the everyday level, right? And not being like, oh, look at me. I'm just not that person. I, I'm. I'm not that person either. Northern California, like Bree said, wearing yoga pants. I'm not even wearing makeup. Um, I'm at least wearing my makeup today. I had a little PTSD, so. I just, (laughs) sometimes I think that you're, you're after an audience too in your book, and I was not her audience. So I find it to be a little offensive in how she comes off. In all fairness, you didn't know her audience, and I I don't think she did either. I do not disagree with that. (laughs) I don't think she knew who she was speaking to. One minute it's a memoir, and then the next minute it's business advice, and then it's the next minute um, telling you what you should put on your resume and what you should put on your cover letter and what you should not say in an interview. So I, I don't think she totally knew what was going on. A hundred percent. I was like, okay, one minute we're sitting here and we're talking about some great business advice, some great insight, and the next we're talking about some monk in a castle and her being a photographer. And I, eating a bagel out of a trash can. Yeah, I just – I couldn't keep up with what was happening. I wish that the book just gave more chronological – you know, insights into her life, right? And she talked about the beginning stages of the business and she gave advice based off of her experience, either good, bad, or indifferent. I would love to hear the side of her struggles. So that will be another part of this whole topic. But she had struggles and the struggles is what really um, fascinates me is I read the book, was not a fan of it. But then I Googled her and I found out that she sold the business and what she did to transform to her next step was super interesting. And I would love to... Why weren't we transparent about that the entire time during this book? You know what I mean? She was in the shift. And I get that she was in the shift of trying to make money making a book while she is selling her business that is going bankrupt, right? And to transition herself to the next stage of her life, right? Yeah. It was good. 
applaud her for that transition. Oh my god, it was, was genius. It was one hundred percent genius. I'll give her all the credit in the world for that. And that's the kind of information I want to hear. I want to hear her struggles. I want to hear how she did it. Why she, you know, what happened. That would be awesome to interview her to get that side of the story. Exactly. I think that a lot of people focus on her success. And like we said earlier, a lot of your, you know, stuff comes from your failures. And so we'll get into it, but Nasty Gal is not the Nasty Gal that she created. And so it's not. But she's created this whole hashtag girl boss movement, which, you know, I have my issues with, right? Because I'm not a girl. I'm a grown-ass woman. So (laughs) hashtag woman business, you know, is, is where I'm at. But I think that this whole movement about women in business, connecting women in business and empowering those women, you know, I have to give props to it, right? It has created a whole movement, and that is amazing. And I think that that needs to be something that is said more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree. I think that her transparency and what went wrong would have been a way more interesting read for us, being her audience, um, comparatively to how oh, she everything made everything was perfect. And this is how I created my um, hundred million dollar company. Nothing is perfect. There's always struggles. There's always things that go wrong. And hearing those struggles, I think, would have tapped into at least you and I being a little bit more interested in the story. And I also kind of felt just kind of lied to at the end. I just felt like I was deceived, right? I was hearing this book about this woman who was digging in trash cans and had built her life up from this, you know, person who was hitchhiking all the way to Oregon to this multi-million dollar company that she runs and is doing and going after venture capitalists to grow and expand her business to only find out that the company failed shortly after the book this book came out. out. And so her company at one point was worth $180 million and she sold it for $20 million because she went bankrupt. So what happened from when she got an investor. So it was a year after, I believe, roughly, that she got an investor and then things started going downhill. Yeah, well, I think that once again, we've read and from different sources that essentially she was trying to grow the business or her advisors advised her incorrectly. To grow fast, too, was one of the things. Yeah, they were trying to grow it like a tech company, I believe is what yes. we how, how we read it. And so when a tech company is growing, they need to be at 50 to 100% year-over-year growth. That is crazy. On yeah. average, a com- I, I mean, 35% year-over-year year growth is extreme. So to hear 50 to 100%, you have to have the infrastructure in place. And it just sounds like when we were doing our research that she didn't have the infrastructure in place. She's super invested in the business. We're going after all these major accounts and then just 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 but kind of dive bombed. We are getting hearsay from the internet and different sources. So we try to compile based off of what we could see on the internet her story. And so it would have just been interesting the gap from her writing the book mm-hmm. to her going bankruptcy. That right there would have been an amazing book for me if you could tell me all of those secrets. Oh yeah, for sure. And then it could have been a what not to do versus what to do. Agreed. But there, she could have thrown both into it. You made a, a, a successful fashion empire, but you had mistakes. We all have mistakes. But what were those mistakes? But what have you done differently, I think, would be the very awesome part of it. Uh, absolutely. I think that she did amazing and and I would have loved to hear that story. And Sophia, you need to write that book. You need to put that out there and 
you know, or you want to come on our podcast and talk to us about it. We I'd would be, love that. we would love to pick your brain about it, you know, as a, as a people who are in business and want to help people grow and we want to, you know, give them the right advice. I would love to hear the story of somebody who tried to grow a business and it just didn't work out and why it didn't work out. I think we can surmise what, what it didn't work out, but I think it would be just interesting to see what she believes, why it didn't work out. Agree. So, I mean, we dived into that because it's it's the juiciest part of this whole podcast is that she puts herself in this position of I'm high and mighty and wonderful and I've created this multi-million dollar business. Hey, look at me, only to find out that you don't but find that out in the book. You don't. You do not find that out in the book. You. She ends it where it's, my business is doing so great. I'm making so much money. Yeah. That's where it was at. Yeah. Right? And then she ended up getting an investor, which is odd because in the beginning she says, oh, I don't want an investor. Right? I don't want to start off in debt, but. Uh, in debt, but she says in debt, but then she says something about not wanting to work with investors. Right? And then she changes up her story yeah. and then she goes for an investor, but they don't specifically say a hundred percent why she went for an investor. If you're growing at that level, um, that you're, and you're a $180 million company, how fast a, do you want to grow? Yeah, why do you need an investor? So those are just more questions that we have that we don't have the answers to. I know. And so, you know, I think that there's some other things about this book. Um, I personally disagree with. I disagree with how she looks down upon college education and things that she said about college education. I know that Holly and I tend to have very different opinions when it comes to college education and its standing in in the world. Um, I come from a person who got my college education because I went out there and I had all this experience, but nobody would take me seriously because I didn't have that piece of paper. But I come from the other side that I've been an entrepreneur since I was 15 years old and I have done multiple different business adventures and people take me serious and that I never planned to sit in the corporate world and need that um, business degree on paper so it could validate, right, like myself for that job. And so I have a different side. Not that I disagree that going out there and getting your degree and whatever it is, is not hard work. It's not knowledge that you're gaining. Um, but it's just, it was not for me. And so there was a line that Amoruso said that my business was my MBA. And I 100% agree with that statement. And I'm going to steal that and put that in my own little back pocket because I feel like running um, my family's natural products company gave me my own MBA. Is There's so many different hats, different experiences that I was involved in running a business that I would never get from the classroom or a textbook. I, I mean, I agree and I disagree. I know that my knowledge base, like it made school super easy for me because I understood these concepts and I understood what they were trying to do and what they were trying to say. And so the only difference between Holly and I and our experience is that one, I have the piece of paper and two, the concepts that are we discuss, I know the official name for because of those, you know, textbooks. But, you know, it's just a, I think that Sophia comes off in a rude way that says that college education is is not something that she prides herself that on that she looks at when she's looking at potential people to work for her company. And she's the rare case, if that is the truth. I, if it's the truth, because I, I, with how snooty that she comes off in this book, I, 
I believe that when she's looking at a resume and somebody graduated from Harvard Business School, that she's not going there like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm going to hire you because I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to call straight up bullshit because I guarantee you that she does, especially when she was hiring for people who were in positions that she wasn't 100% familiar with. And so I just say, you know, college education, it is what it is. Most entrepreneurs and most people of successful businesses. I think this is actually pretty interesting because you kind of have this outlook too, is that when you're hiring for somebody, you used to look for college education. I know that you've changed your opinion now, but you used to look for people with a college education and not having a college education yourself. I just think that's interesting from a dynamic of somebody who's doing hiring, who doesn't have a college education, but yet looks for a college education. I don't understand that. It's not just that I'm looking for a college education. It's also the experience. I have hired people who just come in with their degree and have no experience. And it was a waste of my time. But then I have people who have the college degree and the backing behind it where they've been in multiple different companies or or been part of one company, but they have the experience. So I think that experience with a degree helps in hiring, especially in my situation, is that I don't know everything. So me hiring someone with book knowledge, I basically have book knowledge. Someone hiring with book knowledge and experience, I think will give my company more. Mm -hmm. And so back in the day, maybe it was different. But now I'm, am I personally saying that I would shun away from someone who um, doesn't have a degree? It will be really hard to decipher them in a resume if they can be held to the standard that I'm looking for. Unless Mm -hmm. they hit all of my marks in their resume, then I would bring them in. And then, yeah, I'm comparing them to the next person who has a degree and has experience in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that you have to take it from all sides. You can't just be like, oh, I only want someone with a degree. And right. So I think that as a business owner and hiring, you need to look at all aspects. Yeah. Let's put you on the spot a little bit. (laughs) But it's interesting, right? Yeah. I I just think that it's interesting when I've looked at hiring and I've looked at, you know, either being on the side of trying to get hired or being on the side of somebody who's doing the hiring. You know, I personally had always looked at college education and, you know, something that I had always, you know, marked on my list if somebody did that, right? Because it shows a level of dedication that it takes to earn that degree. And I think that's the only attribute it brings, especially when it doesn't have anything to do with what they're actually applying for. Um, But I think it's harder, though, to find those people who are not educated and have all this experience. I, it, it's hard to find that type of person. So you come across more people who have their college degree and or um, experience or just their degree, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, coming and finding people who have all of this experience in the world but don't have a degree, I think is a very small few. Mm-hmm. And so, and then weeding through the bullshit in residence. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. I just always found that, you know, dichotomy very interesting when it comes to, um, people who are hiring and people who are looking for, you know, people, they don't, they've made this multi-million dollar company. They're sitting there, they're hiring, they don't have a college education, but then they require that of the person that's sitting across from them. I just never understood that, that concept. So I, I thought it was interesting in this book that do I think that she sits there and when she's looking for somebody, a higher epsilon person within her business or VP of marketing or her president of whatever, that she's not looking at a college degree. I say, I say bullshit. 
agree. Is that if you also don't have the experience, you want to find someone with experience too. And finding someone with just experience in the world with no degree is way harder. And it's all depending on that person too. I mean, we can dive into resumes, right? We've talked about hiring the right team and what it takes and what it doesn't take. I mean, if you haven't, go listen to that podcast episode. Um, but I think it's just it's just all overall kind of interesting. And for me, I, I got put off by it because, you know, I don't begrudge anybody who doesn't have a college degree. Good for you. If you don't need it and you can make it in this world without it, do it, right? Don't get yourself in the debt. Don't put yourself in – or if you can do it debt-free – Hello, do it that way. Um, and if you have the time, go ahead and do it. But, you know, for me, it was just, it was hard out there when I was looking for, you know, gigs and I was looking for, you know, opportunities. And I had all this experience being a manager and, you know, I had to take just above a minimum wage job because I didn't have the piece of paper to back it up. So, you know, so just coming from that, you know, side of things, I just kind of said, hey, you know, I've worked really hard for this. And for you to just sit there and poo-poo it like it's nothing, it's kind of like, I'm sorry, but fuck you. <laughs> How she came off was very snobbish about it. Yeah, sorry. I'm just being very blatant about it, right? Like, I'm just – that's how I felt about it. So moving on because I could probably go on a rant about that for a, probably another hour. So <laughs> um, I think just talking um, in overall, we talked that she was – that the book overall was just very bland in overall business advice. Um, there was just no real – substance you know something different I I don't know yeah I'm sure we've you know always we've all heard you know you stay persistent you work hard you you know when you become self-employed you do all the work or you put in more work than if you were just working for a company so you're constantly on the job um you know investing in yourself not going into debt you know those are all concepts that we've heard, we've talked about. I think everybody kind of has a general understanding about them. And so I think that overall, it it wasn't anything groundbreaking. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, that's the secret to making my business successful. I just didn't, I just didn't get that from the book. Me neither. Okay, so I think that we have talked enough about what we did not like about this book. And, you know, I think we did deep dives into both of what we didn't like and what we did like. I think that where we should go next is where does Nasty Gal stand today and what is Sophia Amoruso's new project? I think that is probably my favorite part of her story is what actually happened to Nasty Gal and how she got to where she is today. And I really, like we said earlier, wish that she could write that story so we can understand what actually happened. Yeah. Or you want to come on our podcast, we'd be super excited to interview you and get this story because we said earlier, we give her mad props because she did exactly what her book said and exactly what her advice said. And she pivoted and she changed her direction real quick. And she got out of a sinking ship, basically. So Holly, where does Nasty Gal kind of stand today from what you've read? So from what I've read, Nasty Gal was sold to Boho for $20 million because... Hold up. $20 million? Didn't you just say her company was worth $180 million? Yeah. So a few short years after that $180 million, she went bankrupt and sold. So that's a huge reason of what happened. Where did all her success go? I don't have like... <laughs> An answer. I don't have answers to it. And it's... 
killing me. I need to know. And I- <laughs> we need to know what happened. How do we go from a company that was $180 million to now $20 million? Yeah, so go check out Nasty Gal's website now. I, I've done some research, and from what everyone says, it's not the same business anymore. The clothes are cheaper. They have bad customer service, and things went downhill once um, Sophia sold it. So that actually is good for her at the end of the day is she made her business different and, and they needed her to keep it at that level. Yeah. But it's gotta be super sad that your brand that you created is out there and isn't even mm. close to, you know what I mean? Like not even what close to what you wanted or what you envisioned. I think that basically nasty gal now is just like a kind of more retro. If you even want to call it no, that. They don't, like I went online and it's not just retro or vintage. No, no, no. Right? But it's like more retro version of like forever 21 clothing. Agree. Like that's or Rue 21 or whatever the version is where you are. Like that's my interpretation of the clothing. It's very cheap. Um, it's like what? I think the most expensive thing I saw was like 40 bucks. So not to be snooty about it, but you know, I buy cheap clothes all day. Hello, Ross. Um, <laughs> right. Like I am not about buying expensive clothes, but um, it's definitely not what she projects in the book, right? It's not the same brand anymore. Or based off of the movie and how she was finding Chanel pieces and big name pieces and putting them on her eBay side. And yes, I know that uh, from the beginning of her business grew to way more than just vintage because she does talk about in her book how vintage was a very small asset of the business mm-hmm. and new clothing was in. Yeah, I, I just didn't understand it. And uh, I definitely have done uh, my fair share of nasty gal googing when I first, you know, started reading this book and what she was describing and what I was seeing online definitely were two contradicting stories that I just didn't understand until Holly did the research and, you know, found out that she doesn't own the company anymore. She sold it. And so the company has just not really been where it was. They actually had a bunch of brick and mortar stores that they opened and then they pretty much shut most of them down, right? Yeah. And so it's just kind of crazy. So, I mean, okay, so she sold it for $20 million, Then what happened? So in that transition of her selling it for $20 million, she was in the process of writing this book, Hashtag Girlboss. So I think it was like six months or nine months later, um, she sold the business after the book was um, written. And so we all read the story of how amazing her um, – fashion empire grew and where she got it to, but then leaves out that whole part. So doing the research, finding out that she sold it because it went bankrupt. But in that transition, she saw a sinking ship happen and she transitioned this whole movement of girl boss and creating a platform for women to support women and business. And it was an amazing transition. transition. Oh my God. I mean, just talking about business genius in that moment. You're going to capitalize on your company as it stands, you know, today and nobody understands the financial trouble that it's going into. You're going to start an entire movement of women in business based off of a business that you know is failing. And so, I mean, there are no words to describe the amazingness that that, that is. Oh my goodness! Creed, <laughs> she did awesome, and you know, I think that that's you know what our podcast is about, right? Is uplifting and putting that out there. I know we kind of dug into the things that we didn't like, but I have to say, at the end of the day, or at the beginning of the day, or the middle of the day, or whatever part of the day, whose day? <laughs> whose day? Um, that 
that is the real story here. Like that is the intriguing, interesting part of her life and her story is that her quick pivot to realize, hey, I've got to make a change and I've got to make a change quick so that I can keep, you know, living my best life and living the way that I want to and doing the things that you love and supporting the women in business and empowering them. If you actually go and check out her um, website, website, it talks, um, they're very informational based where they give you a lot of advice in business, your wellness in life, um, um, your beauty tips. So it's not just, you know, the typical business aspect. They're talking about all aspects of life for women. And they also do a podcast that interviews other women in business and talks about their successes and failures. Yeah. And I think that's uh, an awesome platform. I know that that's something, I mean, we don't just gear towards women. We like everybody in business, but having somebody out there that's doing that and empowering women and being advocates for them, I think is a huge, huge thing. I mean, we're definitely about that. I'm actually on her website right now and on her work page, it says hustle, rest, repeat. And I think that that's exactly what every person needs to do every day. You need to hustle, you need to rest and you repeat. As we say, you got to do that grind. Yes. (laughs) We get in those those modes of you just got to keep going, you got to keep doing it, and you got to keep you know you know putting your best foot forward and doing everything. So, I think overall there was a lot of things that we liked about this book. There's a lot of things that we Didn't did not like about this book, and we're there was a lot of things that we, we wish she told us. I know we wish write that we had more. Book. Yeah, write another book. Or Tell us that story. And I have a million questions mm-hmm. to ask you as a woman in business and how you transition from where you were to where you are today. That is the book I want to read. That is the story I want to hear. So Sophia, yes, (laughs) exactly. Sophia, if you are listening to this podcast, please write that book, write that memoir. Tell us what your real story is and we would love to hear it. Um, I think that this was a podcast. We would love to know what your guys' feedback is. Did you guys like this? Did you not like it? I think we're actually going to have a poll on the Facebook and the Insta um, telling us, hey, I really liked this episode or mah, mah, don't do this again ever again. Um, <laughs> I think that this is going to be more of the format until crazy COVID is over. Um, we're going to try to do some different subjects. I know that earlier we talked about us bearing our souls a little bit and I talk about our in the closet business identity crisis I think it's going to be our next episode you agree yeah I agree so. okay I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there like okay I'm totally there I'm, I'm in it I'm ready she's like ready to do it we're gonna record it right now oh my god it's the end of the day guys uh bear with us so you know this is our first book we talk about doing more book reviews in the future make sure to always like us on the insta follow us on the facebook um give us your feedback um on apple podcasts as well or anywhere you get your wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you to rate and review us and um Drop us a line if you have any thoughts, concerns, questions. Yeah, remember that we also have a consulting firm. We don't just uh, sit here and talk on the podcast. Um, You can always um, sign up for your free one-hour consultation with us to talk anything and all things business. So I guess until next time, squat out.